An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected. An inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue. A surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland. Watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being. Present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Welcome into the Ringerverse, Ringer Sex's podcast feed for all things fandom. Welcome back to Mint Edition, a once in a while podcast about the latest fandom that you can't live without. I'm Steve Allman, senior producer at The Ringer, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ringer social coordinator, Lord of the Memes, explainer of the Midnight Boys, and I didn't even think to write an intro that goes further than this. It's Joe Me and Dinner on. Hey, listen, it's the end of the year, you feel me? We got things popping off. You know, what we could do, right, is just go through what was our favorite bits, you know, for this oh. year. I think for me, the favorite one that you did was the the light year one. That Probably. was great. That was pretty good. That was really that was really good. I was, was a big good. fan I th- of that. I one. think that was me coming to terms with the hierarchy of power changing uh, finally. It's tough. <laughs> that was it. It's that was probably you- mine. You didn't lose $100 million, though, so no, good for you. But we're not going to lose the plot today as we get into our programming reminders before we begin this illustrious show. The Midnight Boys are returning this Wednesday. This Friday, Ben Lindbergh and friends are going to discuss their favorite video games of 2022. Talking a little bit more about video games on this here feed. Mm. I'm liking it. Yeah. It's fun times. It might be, may, maybe we hear a thing or two about it today. But that's coming up very soon, as well as next Monday, the House of Midnight returns to give their thoughts and impressions on Avatar The Way of Water. How excited for you are you for that, Jomi? Listen. Not the pod, but the movie. I've been a big fan of Avatar, man. You know, Aang, Korra, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that they're getting, you know, a movie, what's that? You mean, you mean, oh, oh, it's it's a James Cameron sequel to to the Avatar movie with the on Obtanium. Uh, a quick correction. Five James Cameron sequels. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. I mean, I'll go see it. You know, we'll, we'll see. 
<laughs> if the way of the water was truly the way of the land, you feel me? Like what you know? I'm, if that's the way go. of the box office, because apparently right. these need, this needs to make like two billion in order to you know break, oh my make ends meet. Listen, listen. As long as James Cameron keeps changing the way we make movies so that other movies can be better going forward, it's a success. So you may say that the hierarchy of movie making is about to change oh <laughs> once again. Oh God, as James Cameron brings it to us. So on today's show, we take a walk down the road less traveled. Talk about some of our favorite things that you might have missed this year. It's been a big year in 2022. The Ringerverse covers a lot, Jomi. We can only do so much, though. We can only do so much. We have our own podcast. We have our own things to talk about. Mm. And we might have seen a few things that the Ringerverse didn't get to talk about. But you know what? They gave us an hour, and we're going to talk about whatever we like to talk about today. And it's going to be some of our favorite picks from 2022 across fandom and some of our favorite things in general. So... With that in mind, a light spoiler warning for all these things that we'll be talking about today. We're going to say well in advance the name of the thing, where you could find it, and if you don't care to be spoiled fully on it or don't want to hear anything about it at all, just know that we wholeheartedly endorse all of these picks and we can encourage you to check them out regardless of what you want to hear. But to begin, Jomi and I have made three picks for our favorite things of this year. We're going to be going back and forth in no particular order or ranking. We're just going to be freestyling it. We're just going to be talking about the stuff that we love. And they range across movies, TV, games, comics, and later. Kerm is going to give us one of his personal recommendations in the world of comic books. His X-Men lover, if we ever seen one. But for right now, let's get into our first picks. Jomi, why don't you kick us off? Well, you know, this show came out at the, the top of the year. And I I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But ultimately, when it was all said and done, I had a great time. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, wow, I had a fantastic a, first time. First of all, it's starting off with a ringing endorsement. Listen. <laughs> I had a good listen. time. Legend of Vox Machina. Okay. okay. I'm not. Let me just set the stage. I'm not into D&D. That's not my thing. You're you about know? to be, though. 2023, listen, it's happening. Listen. You know I said it when Mike was out there playing D and D. I was like, "Hey, bro, you should be worried about three and D. That's me, you know. Like I'm all about hoops. I'm all about you know sports. Like D and D is not something that I was ever ever tapped into, right? Right. But this show, you can find it on the Amazons, on the on the Prime. Mm-hmm. With tan lines, people are like, "Oh, yo, you gotta you gotta gotta tap it." I was like, "All right, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see." And I, I had a great time no, it's with the Legend of Vox Machina. You know, it it stars like everybody who's ever voice acted ever. <laughs> like it's that all the voice acting talent and all of our great knew. our great critical role friends out there. Yes, which I didn't know. Which you know, shout out to the research afterwards. This is a thing that happened. Like th- this is an actual D and D campaign. <laughs> It's a very, very popular uh, Twitch and YouTube series called Critical Role, and it's based off of that first initial campaign that they did. It is uh, wildly popular, and they have so much so that they've been given a show for it, and it's surprisingly good. It's quite surprisingly good. Jesus Christ, Steve. Were you (laughs) going in there like, hey, man, I don't know. These D&D shows, ah, you know, you Who knows? I'm not overly dismissive of D and D shows. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was I was I was honestly like when I went back and I was like, man, this this is a great show, man. Oh my gosh, we're having so much fun. We're getting to season two. Bet, awesome. Let's go. And then I did the whole deep dive. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a whole thing. Like this is like a, a, a not even like like an empire of sure. content that I completely like because it wasn't in my wheelhouse. Completely missed. Ultimately, I'm glad I hopped on the wagon because this show show is great. I can't wait. They're they've already coming back for season three after the season two. I'm ready. Let's get it. I couldn't agree more. And especially if you like now we know that this is based off of a like long years running uh, IP, I guess we could say uh, a called critical role. Like you don't need to really know anything about the lore or backstory that you would uh listen to from years and years of content from critical role this is very introductory this is getting to know all of these fun cool characters that were played in an actual D campaign and then they focus this nice little story around it and it's pretty fun do you have a favorite character do you have a favorite little plot line because again like these are like uh, what i liked about this show is kind of that you get like little scraps and pieces of everybody's individual story that you can hear about. And it's like, oh, this one person has a cool thing. This person's got a cool thing. Did anybody stand out to you? Well, so my favorite character was was Vax. Right. You know, like, like me a good rogue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm all about, you know, the ops, you know, being a sneaky little guy. But I got to be honest. Scanlon had me rolling, bro. <laughs> of course. Man got the jokes, bro. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not really, you know, I, I can't really play a tune. I'm not really great with music like that. But man, I was like, man, if I could, if I could be him, because he, he's funny. That's yes. what you want to be. I want to be funny. That's never really that him. funny. That's <laughs> just kind of serious. But uh, Scanlon is hilarious. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a good fan. I'm a big fan of glasses. I'm a big fan of like somebody that can accessorize a lot of their stuff. So I, I mm. can, I can, I can appreciate all of that stuff. Um, so that's one of our first picks, Legends of Vox Machina. What about you, Steve? One of my first picks um, is probably going to be a wildly stunning spinoff to a video game that was initially released to uh, horrendous critical acclaim. It was an oh, absolute. Dear. It was the hottest mess in video games probably that I could ever remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the spinoff anime that was based on this is actually kind of incredible. Oh. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Oh yeah, on the old Netflix. Where, where did this come from? I have no idea. Absolutely incredible. Uh, following like a completely different story from the rest of the video game taking place in the world of cyberpunk uh following uh, one of <laughs> one of like the again the stereotypical anime uh hero of being an absolute loser until he gets superpowers <laughs> and then maybe he's kind of cool but still kind of a you know a little shit oh yeah uh, just kind of you, you yeah just kind of what did you think about this about this show? Because I genuinely like rolled my eyes knowing that Cyberpunk got a spinoff anime. I, I was probably the last of our group to actually watch it. Yeah, so you know everybody was like, "Yeah, Cyberpunk." Everyone was like, All right, "I'll tap in." You know, it's on the old Netflix. See what's going on. And like one of the first thing I I noticed was like, "Oh boy, this is um, this is gonna be one of them ones." Like what the first scene is when. <laughs> You know, the dude is, you know, shooting up the, the the police and it's just like just bloody and foul. And you're like, oh, boy, we're going to be we're going to be into it. And then you get into the story with with the main character and it's sadder than you could ever hope for. Oh, yeah. Yet, <laughs> yet just as brutal and just as sad. And you're like, oh, my God, this is this is what I signed up for. Ten episodes of this. 
Ah! Our main character, David, uh, is pretty much a down-and-out student that's... Uh, the world of cyberpunk is really like this uh, great... Uh, sort of dystopian like technology can be used as both drugs and human augmentation and he quickly gets into this underground world of crime and uh, deception and we meet our uh, you know femme fatale love interest all of these other things that are uh, incredibly compelling but also still playing up to like a lot of tropes that like some being not that great and some being quite fun uh the world of cyberpunk, while uh, having I having played it, making a rather like in my opinion like unremarkable video game, perfect <laughs> template for no perfect template for anime because they incorporate all of these powers that you could see in the show are in the game and like described in the visual language of this show actually pretty well illustrates a lot of the things that you can do and see in this game it's probably one of the better advertisements of the game itself rather than just <laughs> watching people play it because then i wanted to pick it back up again i was like oh yeah that's that's what this game is about yeah i mean and that's the that's the best part of this this the, the show is that it expands upon a world where you know if if the game was you know made correctly you would have fallen in love with when you played right you know with all the bugs and just the disaster was at launch it kind of ruins that it ruins it for you but the world of cyberpunk is fruitful and giving and has so much content there to be explored you know we 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 got it in the anime hopefully you know uh, i don't think there'll be a sequel but maybe there's more stories to be told in that world ultimately the video game didn't do that as well as it should have but it's still set enough of still set enough of an example that you can breach in and find great things from it. I think if you could take away anything from Cyberpunk, I think that's what's one thing to take away. Here to the unfamiliar with how disastrous that the Cyberpunk launch was, uh, here's a little illustration. Uh, this, the game stars Keanu Reeves as a character named Johnny Silverhand, <laughs> just gruff talking you and. And and basically telling you like uh like he's your subconscious. When Keanu Reeves is your subconscious and you still can't sell a bunch of copies and you get pulled from the PlayStation store, you done messed up. <laughs> you really done messed up. <laughs> but the show didn't. We definitely, definitely enjoyed it, and it's well worth checking out. Jomi, I've I see two picks on your list right here. What are you the most excited to talk about right now? Oh, man. Okay, so I'm just going to get this one out the way real quick. Let me just get it out of the way. It's one of the best things I saw in the last year. Mm -hmm. um, it is hidden behind the AMC Plus banner. I, I peeked my head in to see Interview with a Vampire, and then I just peeked my head right out. So you, you got to sell me on get it, stay, sticking with AMC Plus. If you are listening to the sound of my voice, you have to watch Pantheon. I I, I literally had to Google this before we, we started recording, and I had never seen this before in my life. Uh, uh, it, it, it's, it appears to be an animated show about yep. adults looking a little sad. Uh, oh, please elaborate for me. It's a little sad? So it's created by Craig Silverson. It's based on these books by Ken Liu, and it's... Man, how much time do we have? The short 
summary I would give you is that imagine if you could upload your consciousness after you know you died. Okay. And what like what ramifications would that have on your family? Sure. And how would people try to monetize that? How would people try to, you know, take advantage of that? Okay, so I'm synced to the cloud. Mm-hmm. And it gets I don't want to spoil it. No, no, no. We're, because, we're not going to heavily spoil things. But like, again, like what, what's that oh, thing that grabs man. you about this? Because I've I've heard of this premise before of this like okay people like uploading their consciousness from the beyond to some sort of like technology or this relationship with you know the eternal. There are mysteries mm-hmm. in the show that you're like okay, oh well, okay, I, what's going on here? Okay, for sure theories. You know, just. There's not a, not to say a lot going on in mm. terms of there's too much, but there's there's a lot of stuff going on that like okay this intersects here this comes here you discover stuff and you're like okay every episode adds another level of either either knowledge or questions mm. that build upon themselves so when you get to the last episode of the season finale you're like oh, okay this you know will this happen will this happen da 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 da. So you would say that this is kind of like in the same vein as like a theory show. Maybe not so much hard hardcore as like a lost. Like it's not like asking a million questions. It's not asking a, a million questions, but you have to, you know, it was one of those shows where as I'm, well, first of all, I, I see and I'm like, hey man, this looks like Invincible. Is this what they've been doing this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> that's what, some, that's what have the people that have Invincible been moonlighting on this show? I was like, hey man, this kind of looked like, what's going on? But you just like you're interested in the okay, wow, you know, if it turns out that some like it turns out, oh, you know, you're talking to somebody who you thought was dead, who is now an AI, cool, and the ramifications that just snowball from mm-hmm. that discovery okay. is just was legitimately one of the best shows I watched on on TV last year. You know, it has our boy the Riddler. Paul Dano, ooh, uh, Daniel Day Kim, Daniel Day Kim again running running these TV streets, running these TV scenes. Aaron Eckhart, you know, you either die a hero mm-hmm. or live long or enough to see, to see yourself in the, the show. Villain. Exactly, right? It's just it was so good. I was I was sucked in from the the first episode. I had again I had to buy AMC Plus, mm-hmm. you know, and. I'm telling you, you got to spend your break tapping into the show. It's getting season two. Okay. Right? It's already confirmed. We straight. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm telling y'all, I cannot give away too much info. I do not want to ruin it for you. Just go in. <laughs> I love it. With the, with a blank slate and an open mind. I'm telling you, if you're in, if like, it, I will say this. There's a lot of technological talk. <laughs> like a, a bunch of tech of, jargon of there's like a lot of tech jargon. You know, I'm like, hey man, I, I went to school for communications. That's all gobbledygook for me. Yeah. It's right. It's like, you know, but it I it honestly didn't like ruin the show, you know, obviously. Right. Um, but you know, please don't be scared if they're like, Oh yeah, man, well, the mainframe of the da-da-da and the, the, the thing and the black box and the right. blah, and you're like, you know, don't let that dissuade you. <laughs> this this show. I'm t- I'm t- I'm telling y'all trust, <laughs> trust me on this. This is a fantastic show, and, and I hope that when you watch it, you let you you let me know. 
and you're like, man, tell me, you were right. The show mm-hmm. Pantheon. Now you do have to get AMC Plus. I keep saying it again, again. Uh, that's fine. It, you fire up the end rice machine after you watch uh, Interview with a Vampire, and then while you're there, just throw it. Here's what Pantheon. you do: you get like that week subscription, that free, that free subscription. You know, it's mm-hmm. only eight episodes. You be doing that trial in you. Yeah, you get that trial. Trial. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. You will have to get it again for the. For the second season, though, I know it's a diet. Well, well, if it's good enough, we'll re up. I promise you that's that. right. Well, it's a great or, show. Or, 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 or get or, another or. email address. Boom, boom. There we go. There we go. You feel me? Kerm was outside. Kerm knows what it's about. All right. Well, <laughs> don't crack down on the password sharing just yet, Netflix. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better than ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. Well, it's on to my pick. And I was a big advocate of wanting to dig into my HBO Max subscription, which will now be called Max. Uh, because, oh, you know, boy. HBO is irrelevant now. Who needs Who HBO? Who needs HBO? We just Who need Max, HBO? baby. Jesus Christ. Max it out. But uh, as the home of the animated DC universe, uh, I don't know if you know this, there's a million animated DC films oh, yeah. out there. Uh, and in my quest to kind of dig and find the good ones this year, uh, I stumbled across Catwoman Hunted. Uh, this and like I, I this in this I wouldn't even call this in my top, uh, I guess, ten of all time DC animated films because a lot of those are great. Like, DC animated films, it, like, if anybody that's watched them would know, some of the best content for, from DC out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Catwoman Hunted is uh, one of my favorites that came out this year, and it is, uh, it's directed by Shinsuke Terasawa, and it is uh, an anime director taking a crack at Catwoman, and it is entirely emulating vibes from... Uh, Cowboy Bebop, all of these fun, jazzy thief movies, uh, Lupin the Third. There's so many great, cavalier, fun, plucky little moments with Catwoman, who is basically on a heist to find this one jewel that is apparently a big, giant MacGuffin for yada yada. You don't need to be spoiled too much, but (laughs) the key scene there's always like like one scene from every DC animated movie that's like incredible. Yeah. Where it's like this like one interaction between like Batman and Wonder Woman where they're like flirting and they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like you you finally see those interactions in real life happening. Yeah. There's a scene where Catwoman is flirting with Batwoman. Oh. To 
get information out of her and to basically just try to steal her phone from her person. Okay. And it is the greatest moment of catching someone lacking. Wow. That well, I have ever seen wait, in f- ever in film. Oh my gosh. Wait, first of all, how does Bruce feel about this? D- I, trust me, Batwoman takes a hard L. Oh on no. This one. My it, God. Oh my God. Like Selena, of course, Selena laying on the chart, laying on that flirtation. <sighs> and she just ices her out in the most, like, in the slickest, most city girl way you have ever seen. It was, like, that that scene alone, worth the price of admission. But it's a really fun, fun heist film. Black Mask is in it. A bunch of other fun cameos. It's really, really, really worth your time. And it's only, like, a brisk hour 20. Like, you're good. That's, that, like, I'm all about the action. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I love it. Here's the thing. I love me some flirtation. Right? Uh, dude, somebody... listen, this, is, this is coming from the Harley Quinn stands here. Wow. Like, you are going to love this. And she <laughs> go out sad, you say? Goes out so sad. Nah, say it ain't, say it ain't so. Not bad, woman. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Batgirl. Like, goddamn, this was a rough go for you. That's, that's tough. Uh-huh. It was you hate great. to see that. Oh. You hate to see it, but like so I just love a well-written, like romantic tension scene, and then it just like turns that heel on you, and it's it's so fun. It's so so fun. Great jazz playlist uh, for a soundtrack. It's great. Uh, I do a love lot of good jazz. voice cameos here. A lot of good voices. We got Giancarlo Esposito in here. Oh, oh yeah. Elizabeth Giles is Catwoman. We love that. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. You, you're telling me that our homegirl from Victorious mm-hmm. is Catwoman? And you ca- should have led with that! Oh, I buried the lead on this one. Guess who's Batwoman? Who's Batwoman? Nothing but Brooklyn Nine-Nine's very own Stephanie Beatrice. Oh, you... So, wait, 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 wait. So you got Jade and, and Rosa Flirt. flirting. You should have <laughs> You should have just said that. And I'm watching re- that tonight. Recommendation over. I'm watching that tonight. What? <laughs> no, it's amazing, bro. It's amazing. Oh my god. Keith Davidson says Morax. No, he's Nate in here. Keith Davidson? Yeah. You should Oh man. Lock you in, man. Said Lock that. in. I would have been, man, you buried the lead. I really really you did. Buried the lead. Elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> guys as Catwoman. I'm gonna leave the podcast. We'll be. I'll be right back. I watch that right now. Yeah, it's good. It's great, man. I, I really, really had a blast with it. Uh, again, these animated DC films sneak up on you because they'll just be out, and like with to no fanfare at all. Like I didn't hear about it. Like it just shows up. Yeah, and, nobody like, will ever tell on. you when a DC movie comes out or a DC no. animated movie comes out. Got to periodically check mm-hmm. your HBO Max. There's twenty like, Constantine movies. All of them are good. Dude, okay, well. Here's the thing, right? Let's get into a little bit. Okay. Those are the best ones. They truly are. Justice League Dark? Justice League Dark, great. Justice League Dark like, or Copolix War? Well, there's oh, like, so great. There's a trilogy of like three Constantine-centered uh, DC animated films, I think pretty much around the same arc, that starts with Justice League Dark. That's like so good. Yeah, Again, like so good. 
Okay, I'm ending this recommendation with like, just take a stroll down animated DC lane in your HBO Max account and then start with Catwoman Hunted. It's great. It's All right, awesome. Jomi, you're up next. Oh, boy. Okay, I, I had to end with this one because this show is honestly the, the, my favorite show that comes out every year. Every year in July, in August, I am glued to my TV on Thursday nights. I swear one day I'm going to watch this. I promise I'm going to watch this. You have to, everybody, you have to tap in the Star Trek Lower Decks. (laughs) Listen, I, just like the Legend of Vox Machina, I am not like a big Star Trek fan. Like, I don't have like the, I didn't watch Deep Space Nine. I didn't watch The Next Generation. You know, I'd even watch the Please the just watch Deep Space Nine. Like, I know that Next Gen is, like, the fan favorite, but Deep Space Nine is, like, the most consistently good, I would say, in my opinion. Steve, I'm going to keep it a buck. Serious. Right? I'm not going to do that. I, here's the thing. Okay, like, I know that I'm coming at you from a weird place of, like, I don't watch Lower Decks, but I'm like, could you watch a Star Trek show? Could you watch, like, a that, well, that's live true. action Star Trek? My only live action Star Trek are the J.J. Abrams movies. Wait, and okay, great. The one, great. the one clip the, the, that uh, Bill Simmons would post when we was talking about the former uh, Timberwolves GM. Con! Okay, D- I, I'll I'll give I'll Venmo you a dollar if you can name what movie that's from. Oh, that's from uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Give okay. me my money, Steve. Okay, great, Woo! great, great. I'm running. I'm you running your was- money. You thought he would catch me slacking. I mean, low stakes. <laughs> low stakes. I gave you. Give me a that dollar. dollar. I'm getting a. I'm getting a Three Musketeers bar, baby. Right. Woo! Watch it with Catwoman hunted. All right. So, That's right. What's so great about season three? Lower so the, yeah, season three came out this year, and I mean, the characters are just are fantastic. You've got Boimler, who's played by our, our homeboy Jack Quaid from The Boys, right? Huey. You've got Tendi. She's um, she's the medical ensign aboard the Cerritos. Uh, Sam Rutherford, Sam Rutherford, and Becca Mariner. Those are your four main characters, and they're lower deckers, right? So, you know, when we spend time with Star Trek characters, always the captains. You know what I'm saying? The the Spocks, the Horas. Nah, these are the people who make the ship go. These are people you don't spend time with. These are people who you do, to be. These are the red shirts who die when the ship explodes. Right. These these are these people. And they <laughs> they have so much fun exploring exploring the universe. They you 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 know you find out what the, what what they want to do in Star Trek. You know, like Brad is so set on becoming a captain. You know, Tendi wants to become like a medical officer so bad. And it's and it's just so much fun to see them go through all these experiences. Of course they have wild Star Trek adventures where Somebody on the bridge becomes a god, and you know, uh oh, we have to go save you know the other ship, the ship Ventura in the the Delta Quadrant type mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's it's all those Star Trek things, but there's so much humanity and so much fun that's had on the show. Like every every single time, I'm so sad. Like I can't 
erase my brain and go back and rewatch all 30 episodes again for the first time and fall in love with the show again for the first time. It's so much fun. It's so good. Even if you aren't in a Star Trek, I'm not in. There's a lot of like inside you are. jokes. That's, that's probably the best endorsement that you have because you've never seen an actual Star Trek series. No, I was I was this. talking to Arjuna about this. He's also he's a bigger fan of Star Trek than I than I ever could be. And <laughs> we were there's every time you go into like the Reddit threads or even like the hashtags on Twitter, people are talking about like the references. But like, oh man, you see that? Oh, that dude, oh, he was from um he was from the next generation. Yeah. Oh, uh, he was from uh Star Trek three. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, sure. I'm sure that's true. But even with that. All that stuff going over my head. I'm still enjoying the show. Like I it's think that's still wonderful. so much, so incredible. Mike McCann, listen, Mike, I can't, but I said that wrong. Mike McCann, listen, listen, you, you're doing a great job. I need, I more than, I need more than ten episodes, my boy. I need twelve. I need sixteen. Listen, sometimes these animated shows get a short leash. Listen, no, listen, this is the. This is the best thing that's on Paramount Plus right now. Okay. I mean, this is, this is a lot of Yellowstone slander um, right now. It's better than Yellowstone. It's better I'm, than 1945, 1938, 1875. I don't know what year they Whatever that Harrison Ford joint's going to be. Yeah, it's better than all that. Right? It's better than all of this. Right. Star Trek Lower Decks is fantastic. Mike, hey, if you're listening, I can I can do voices. All right, you need, you need me to do. I come into the booth. You feel me? I know you're listening. You're a big fan. No, but seriously, this hey, is you're, mo- you're moonlighting just like those invincible writers now. Hey, listen, you got you got to get a bag. You feel me? You got to get the bag. No, but honestly, this is my like my favorite show that comes out every year, and I really hope that you check it out because it's so much fun. It's so well done. There's just an earnestness to the show that makes you feel like you're aboard the Cerritos. The Cerritos is a family and you feel a part of that family when you watch the show. So I hope you tap in because it is in- incredible. That's, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. What's your last one, Steve? My last one I said that I would mention a video game before. Mm. Now we've got our stay tuned for Friday for the games of the year discussion with Ben Lindbergh and friends. We're going to have yeah. a lot more video game goodness for this so you're going to expect a lot of the big ones the triple a's the elden ring the god of wars all of that stuff but if on the off chance they don't mention this one (laughs) i wanted to get this out there it's a game called cult of the lamb uh i played this on my steam deck it's available on the switch it's available on playstation pc as well uh i loved 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 this game uh, it's basically it, it, it. Imagine a hybrid of the very popular game Hades and a dash of Animal Crossing. You play as this adorable cartoon lamb that has been sacrificed by the gods to the gods, I should say. Oh my god! And the wrong god gets uh, delivered to you, and he says, "No, you're my chosen one. You will punish all of the unbelievers, and you will build a cult in my name." Oh my so, gosh. You're basically this prophet to the this actual eldritch god, and you start to build your own cute little colony and cult, <laughs> and you start to indoctrinate all your followers, and you could build this cute little base with like you know little toilets and build, make them food, and all of these things. It's great, and then at night you can go into the dungeons and and kill a bunch of monsters, and then get resources for your base. You you keep saying cute and cult in the same sentence like that's a normal. Thing I mean, that take take a look on the Google machine. Have you have you seen this video game? Take I have. I have. Um, 
cute is not the word I would use. I would. It's definitely. <laughs> I definitely would. I think that this is adorable. I, I think it's absolutely adorable. Uh, it's 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 developed by Massive Monster and published by Devolver Digital. Devolver Digital is probably the uh, I don't want to say like a twenty four of game development stu- houses, but it's it's like very highly curated indie uh, projects that come out of this. And I don't know if they've made necessarily a bad choice with the games that they've had, but they have all been unique, and they've definitely all been something that's been. Uh, like you know grabbing your fancy that you've liked calls of the lamb is probably one of the games that i poured some of the most time into outside of those big triple a titles i was i sunk into it it's super fun very easy to pick up difficult to master uh a bunch of great resource management you can do fun like sacrifice rituals and sermons and all these things to get buffs and uh, like it's a great great little game i'm curious if you've ever like wanted to grab something that's like this game or if you've ever played something like this not even close no you can look check this out i got my switch right here okay got my switch right here everybody was like play hades i was like i'm good i'm good did you ever play, play hades i never played hades oh my god my brother it's the one it's the one video game that i recommended to joanna that she play this year she only plays one and she and she and like i'm like okay if you make it one it's got to be this Jomi, i know you've been playing a lot these days I'm locked in on a lot of games right now. You're on, you're on Dad of Boy, God of War. Dad of Boy. I'm on, uh, that's it, actually. That's, that's it. Okay, that's, that's, it. Fine. that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But again, if you want to explore that palette a little bit, I, I wholeheartedly recommend this to, like, honestly, most people. Because if the base ability doesn't grab you, you can kind of put that a little bit on the back burner and start to yeah. just hack away in the, in the dungeons and uh, gameplay mm. areas. It's really, really fun. Okay. Well, you say, I mean, if Devolver Digital is A24 of, you know, game companies, then is... I wouldn't go, maybe not A24. I'm trying to find a a better comp for that. But again, it's it's like they do interesting choices. That would make make 2K the Warner Brothers (laughs) studio. Yeah, no, 2K is in shambles. (laughs) 2K is just burning it all to the ground. No, but I I can see why I like this game. Like, I'm looking at the the art and, like, aside from the one where the the lamb is, like, you know, floating above the satanic ritual with the candles on the ground, it is kind of cute. You you would, like, get pulled in. If someone said, hey, man, we got this uh, lamb game. You want to play it? Like, oh, look, you're just a lamb in a, in a group nah, of people. Nah, you're, you're fighting vicious monsters and uh, killing religious zealots. Oh, boy. Wow. That look, look adorable. They're little they animals. They look cute. Wow. You should, what you should do, you should get, like, a, a plushie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. You should get a, a, a cult of the lamb plushie. I mean, I like don't, be don't really, put it past me. Listen. I understand. It looks real cuddly, and then you got the the all seeing eye on the on the top of their head. Exactly. That's that's what they do. They put they get into a trance, and then oh, and they worship you. I I love it. Cult of the Lamb. Check it out. Uh, and with that, that's our recommendations it's us. for twenty twenty two. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, 
the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. That was a quick little rendition. We gave you the spice. We gave you all the things that you might have missed, but we're not done here. No. Kerm, come back on here. We've got a little comic corner with you. Our X-Men expert extraordinaire. Hey, relative relative expert. I'm, I'm a young boy. I mean, they, they've been going oh. since the 60s. You literally just said that you listen to to X Men <laughs> podcasts on the side. True, true. If you, if you go on podcasts for the, for the thing, I'd say you're at least an enthusiast. Definitely an enthusiast. I'd like that much more. Um, but yeah, thank you for giving me some time today, guys, to kind of just talk about some of the comic books I've been reading this year. I don't watch enough TV. I, I waste way too much time reading comic books. So let's kind of get into it. So uh, I guess I'll start with my main suggestion of this year. I'd, I'd say it's comic book of the year. Of course, I have a bias towards X-Men, clearly. But Immortal <laughs> X-Men is... Phenomenal. Written by Kieran Gillen, um, drawn by Lucas Warneck, as well as Michelle Bandini. Um, and what makes this comic so amazing is it pretty much focuses on the Krakoan government, which is the now in the comics, the mutants now have their own country. Um, and so it's focusing mainly on their council, uh, which is a mix of both Previously good and bad mutants, including Charles Xavier, Hope Summers, Emma Frost, Storm, Sebastian Shaw, Nightcrawler, Kate Pride, Colossus, Exile, Destiny. But the star of the show is the ever so evil Sinister. Um, mm. and, and with that, you can just really kind of get anything and everything happening from assassination attempts <laughs> by certain council members on other council members to kaijus being brought into the mix because, you know, someone didn't get a spot in the government. It's very interesting. But I, I will say this before you, you dive into Immortal X-Men, there's definitely some required readings. Um, I recommend, you know, Jonathan Hickman's House and Powers of X as well as Jonathan Hickman's Inferno just to kind of give you a little bit of context of where X-Men is nowadays and the fact that they are literally immortals. Um, and so, yeah, you guys have any questions before I jump to some others? Yeah, I got a, I got a question, Kerm. Yes, Erski. Where would I be able to find these comics on? That's a great question. Marvel Unlimited uh, is a great app to use. That's about, I think it's $10 a month. You have access to pretty much every Marvel comic out there. Um, and except for, I guess, comics that have come out in the last three months, then you can use the Marvel Comics app to buy it or go to your local comic book store. But yeah, each issue focuses on uh, the perspective of one of the council members. So like one of my favorite issues this year, you know, is focusing on my favorite Nightcrawler. Uh, to the mix. listener to the listener that, that might not be seeing this, uh, Kerm just had this issue of the of the <laughs> of the comic book just re ready at the ready just to show <laughs> us on Zoom. <laughs> I got it on Tucky Philby. Um, well, that was my favorite issue until this week's issue actually came out, which is focused on Kate Pride. But uh, it's really just. 
Sinister again being the star Second of the one. show. I stay ready. I stay ready. I, they, listen, when, Kerm keep, when Kerm keeps that thing on him, <laughs> he keeps that thing on him. And it's Shit. by that thing, it's comic books. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, this this ish, this comic book, while you know, it's great that you get the backstories of all these different characters, Sinister just steals the show and the fact that he's... Uh, Kieran Gillen des- described him the way he writes him as... Deadpool with a PhD, which is just so accurate where he's clearly, he's the smartest in the room, but he's also an idiot at the same time. And it's oh, it's just amazingly entertaining, uh, just the hijinks he gets into with all wow. of these issues. Quick question, uh, for the completionist in the room, mm-hmm. uh, are these available on trade paperback or do you, are you going to have to get them as single issues? They just released the, the paperback for, I, I believe, the first volume of Immortal X-Men. So I think it's the first five issues. And then it's going to okay. be 10 issues total with the 10th issue coming out in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I'll move on to my next pick unless you guys have Great. any other questions. No, that's perfect. So for those looking for like the Marvel major crossover scenario, uh, look no further than Avengers vs. X-Men vs. Eternals Judgment Day. Uh, That came out uh, around July. Kieran Gillen is also the main writer on the the main issues, but there's a lot of, you know, side uh, attached comic books, uh, such as obviously all the X-Men. So you can look at Immortal X-Men ties in to it. X-Men Red ties in. X-Force ties into it, um, as well as, obviously, the Eternals comics. And even there's a couple Fantastic Four issues. Uh, issue 47 and 48 also tie into it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, the, this story, uh, it comes based upon the fact that, you know, the X-Men are now immortals on their own country. Um, and, you know, Eternals being like, yo, that sounds like some deviant type shit. And they, they wasn't, they weren't, they weren't feeling it leading mm-hmm. to war between them. And if you're interested in just, you know, big crossover events, Celestials getting involved, definitely worth checking out. I'm curious about who, who sends in the starters and who doesn't. Cause I don't think Avengers send in their starters against the Eternals. Yeah. Avengers in this, ish, in this, uh, run, they are very much kind of like, they're involved, but they're not really, they're not the big players in, in this. You feel me? I knew they would be like, all right, we're just going to let them sort that out. Typical Avengers. Yeah. Tony Stark, I will say Tony Stark, you know, he tries to get smarter than everybody else and it leads to a uh, bigger calamity. And that's where you get Celestials oh. involved. Tony's never done that before. So that's a very new thing. <laughs> right. Of course not. So it's definitely, it's interesting. I will say the rising action of, of that series is better than once once you get to the climax and after it's kind of like uh you know that that ride was fun but like y'all didn't y'all didn't satisfy what I was looking for by the end but it's still mm. I think the the ride to the top is is very fun um and those are the two main suggestions I guess quick hits that you know are currently still transpiring so we got uh, Dan Slot Spider Man Run which is pretty much the there's no adjective on the title, but in parentheses, it's the end of the Spider-Verse, which is kind of interesting. So you get to see all these different iterations of Spider-Man that some we've seen before, some that we haven't, and kind of seeing where this war of Spider-Man will go. Uh, very mm. interesting. And then lastly, I'll suggest, which I, I will admit, I just started this one, so I'm not going to sit here and... Not gas it all, too much. <laughs> not gas it too much, but Moon Knight... Uh, 
Black, White, and Blood, Jonathan Hickman, and a few other writers. Okay. Very interesting style. More than anything, I think it's the visuals of this one. It's it's both, it's Black, White, and then obviously with the blood, Red. Okay. Those, so those Red, only, White, and Black. Yes, exactly. And one, one of the issues within this uh, first, or one of the stories within this first issue is literally told backwards, which was the first time I've read a comic like that. Would you say that this that this Moon Knight arc currently is better than the show that we might have seen on a one Disney Plus? Jesus Christ! Uh, see, I'm not I'm not oh, the biggest man. fan of the Moon Moon Knight show, uh, so I will say absolutely. I don't think okay. it beats the Jeff Lemire run, but again, I've just gotten started with this mm-hmm. this uh, Jonathan Hickman run. Um, but yeah, those are my suggestions. More than anything, Immortal X Men. Check that out. The other the other issue is definitely really good, but trust me, trust yeah. me. If you're an X Men fan. Mm. Immortal X-Men is the one, man. It's the one. So, so I got a question, Kerm. You, yes, you have brought up Jonathan Hickman, you know, numerous times mm-hmm. in these last few minutes. And I am, I've got this big Fantastic Four book. Yes. Um, of the Hickman run. This is part two. Part one is currently part right here. under my lap. Yeah, see, you've mm-hmm. got part Steve, one. Steve, you also put me on to the Fantastic Four Jonathan Hickman run. I actually, oh, I yes, I talked sir. to you at work one day. And I read all of them about like two months ago. Amazing run. But Amazing where, run. Where, where are you going, Jeremy? So, because I, I haven't finished, I, I think I'm like a third through the first part of the Hickman run. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see like, you know, what, like, why is, like, why is he the foremost guy? Like when I was like, I want to read more Fantastic Four. That yeah. other, I was like, you got to get the Hickman run. Like that's that's where it starts. That's where it ends. With Go Hickman, there. I feel like he always he just makes it so much more grandiose. All all of these issues, Fantastic Four. Um, you get major arcs that are just mind blowing. Where you see, you know, Reed Richards' son doing amazing thing. Franklin Richards. I won't spoil it for you because you're still reading, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this X Men run. He completely flips everything on its head. Um, he's he's still even now. Where I, I told you, Immortal X Men. It's Kieran Gillen. He's still considered the head of X right now, and is is helping organize all the pieces in these like eight comic books they're running at a time for X Men. Um, and what he d- did with X Men is he flipped it from, oh, we are the minorities as mutants, we are persecuted, all that. Nah, we're gods, yo. Let's let's go get ourselves. Let's make ourselves a country on a mutant island. Uh, let's use different mutant powers and synergize them to make ourselves virtually immortal. If we die, we can recreate ourselves because we're that powerful. Oh, that's nice. Let's go ahead and fuck it. Let's, let's go. I see Mars over there. Yo, let's go, let's go uh, terraform that. And let's, let's make that, that are part of our country as well. Like they are gods under Jonathan Hickman. And I think that's what just makes him so special as a writer. Cause he just, he makes everything just so much bigger scale but it also it never feels like it doesn't make sense at the same time it doesn't feel like he's reaching okay i hear what you got to say man i hey, love it i love that man thank you one more thing before you go actually and I yes, can't sir. believe i'm just the last time we recorded this podcast oh i was about oh, to yeah. bring this up i was about to bring mm-hmm. this up. you know um we're steve, ending with a violation steve had some choice words yes um if I recall honestly, correctly, I, honestly i barely chose hey, them. i barely chose them steve just one second yeah give us a mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. Speak steve on it, um you know, we were talking about Groot and how Groot looks like a uh, nightmare from a children's story. I heard. And how, for some reason, I don't know what was going through his head, but he compared you, Kerm, mm-hmm. to the terrifying new Groot. And so, you know, I got on the podcast and said, hey, Kerm, got to get your get back. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. You got to get your ones. Very true. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta see mm-hmm. him. This is your spot, Kern. I'm letting you I have. So. The fl- letting you have the I floor. So. Get get it back. When I first heard those comments, my immediate thoughts was, "That's got to be racist." Got it. Got to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm you know me. I can only be me. <laughs> <laughs> I can only be me. But you know, I'm gonna take the high road, and you know, the way Martin Luther King would, and. I'll forgive you for the the racist thoughts, Steve, and I'll let you live and let you live with that white guilt, my man. Really tragic that she's like, I I listen to the Midnight Boys frequently and I was like, yo, why are they always on Steve about this? Like, why are they always trying to paint him as the villain? And then I experienced it. And then I showed my true colors. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. And it's all white. (laughs) That's all all it is. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We oh, have fun over here. We have fun. Of course, we of do. Course, of course, <laughs> it's all. It's always love. It's always. Thank love. you so much, Curb. It's all. It's always Dude, love. I, I, it was, listen, they call him Swole Group for a reason. And I don't know if anybody's seen Curb, but listen, Cannonball Shoulders, oh my guy, in his little <laughs> Jedi robe. All right. I do got to check out that um that Spider that end of the Spider Man verse thing, bro. Like, yeah, like Dan me. Slot. It's um. Mm, it's only Slot's three issues it. in, but it's been pretty fun. It's been pretty fun so far. I got to tap in. I got to tap in. We love it. Well, we're going to tap out for right now because that is a wrap for us on Mint Edition. That's a wrap for us for this year. Guys, it's been a great year. Uh, we started this podcast in the year 2022. I don't know if you know that. This is an incredibly, incredibly, wonderfully lucky thing that I have gotten to do with the two of you guys. Uh, I've Aww. loved every single second of this. Uh, when Jomi and I got the call to do this we were as flabbergasted and excited to get to do something with Kerm for all of you and i'm incredibly moved by the amount of people our junior mints rocking with us for this year and we'll be back next year to give you guys even more uh and before i you know toss it to our genuine closeout uh jomi i'll let you i'll let you have the floor for a minute oh man again Thank you guys all for rocking with us this year. It was, um, you know, never thought I'd get to, you know, have my own podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, but here we are. And you guys have made it so much fun and so incredible. Again, shouts out to Kerm and Steve and Mal and Arjuna for, you know, being a part of this. But most importantly, thanks to the fans who listen, the fans who always like, Jomi, when we get that Arcane episode, Jomi, when we get that Injust episode. Mm-hmm. You know, can't make promises, but Arcane, can't season make promises. Two, Arcane season two is coming at some point. So, but again, thank you all so much for all the kind words, listening, you know, following everything. We cannot, we would not be here without you. So thank, thank you, so you much. and we love you. <laughs> all right. Well, tune in again with us. I hope you'll stick with us and I hope you'll stick with the Ringerverse because on Wednesday, the Midnight Boys make their illustrious return. And on Friday, Ben Lindbergh and friends are going to be talking about the greatest games of 2022. And next Monday, the House of Midnight is going to return for their impressions of Avatar The Way of Water. So don't worry. We'll be back soon. Our producer, I'm not going to call him Groot. <laughs> you better not. Yo. It's, jo- it's, it's John Cannonball Shoulders Karma with additional production from our best bud, Arjuna Ramgopal. So thankful for you all for sticking with us with this year. And we cannot wait to see you guys again in 2023. It's going to be a great year for us. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned. And I'm so excited that we get to share it with you. Jomi, why don't you take us out? Going to give some 
give a nice shout out to our intrepid, wonderful, incredible producer, uh, Dr. Hank McKern. Do <laughs> you want to say to everybody out there, have a happy holidays, and we will see you next year. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.